People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. What an episode last night. Oh my God. You guys, this was a good one. Listen, as we've been saying all season, they've all been good ones, but this one I've been waiting for. Well, here's the thing. We've been getting combination of Kardashians and Flip It Like Disick, a lot of Sophia content. And I love it. And watching Scott and Sophia interact is something that I personally just don't get tired of. So being able to see it at such a like at such length and have it be a storyline. Oh my God. Uh, even her alone, not even just them interacting. Like I would, I just love seeing her and her personality. Yeah. You know, I think we, in a lot of ways have been, and I mean this in a good way, like spoiled by the amount that we have gotten to know the Kardashians. Like we know them a lot better than probably any other celebrity, right? Or at least we all feel like we do. And Sophia, even though she's in that like clan now, she's not, you know, she's not by any means um, in our daily lives as much. So getting to see it, it's kind of exciting. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely, it was like a rare treat. Yeah. Okay, right, let's get into it, kid. As you guys know, same as always, we're recapping scene by scene. Julie, oh, I love you. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so we start out at Courtney's house, and it's it's all of them. So we see Chloe, Chris, Courtney, the kids, whatever. And Kylie's actually there, which Julie writes, Kylie's there. What a nice surprise, because it's true. We have not seen her. She just pops in. There must be some, like, <laughs> salary cap that she gets by showing face in an episode. Potentially. She does one scene every episode so far, it seems like. Yeah. Except for the Jordan Gates stuff. So the whole point about this episode, or at least the starting point, was that Courtney is planning a trip to Finland, and she really wants everyone to come with her, and she's kind of trying to sell the trip. Everybody could not be less down. Yeah, I've never seen them, like, no one even considers it. No one was even like, you know, it's not a place I've been, but maybe, like, let me, they were all like, uh, no. Well, hopefully they were saying that so that we could get the content we wanted, which was her, Scott, and Sophia alone. Yeah, exactly. But I still think that none of them were really so down for a, a winter trip. I guess. One of the things that Courtney said that I thought was interesting was, quote, I feel like I'm always searching for the place that feels like home to me. Like, where do I want to live my life? 
And visiting these places is just fulfilling to me because I'm one step closer to finding my true true home. Have we heard her say that? Maybe it sounded a little familiar, but that's very on brand for Courtney. Very. Right? I feel like she's a little lost right now. I think I totally feel like that. And that not even that she would necessarily ever move, but the idea of like finding this place that just speaks to her, I think is really exciting. Yeah, like yeah, like a kind of having like a Kim and Kanye Wyoming type situation. Exactly. That's what where I it's think like she it's wants. not a permanent, but I found somewhere where like I can escape to. Exactly. So keep that in the back of your head. She presents the trip to everyone, nobody's down. And thus we get really into it. Okay. Next scene, they're at Kendall's house, and it's Kim and Kendall. Julie wrote, I feel like Kim and Kendall have been having a lot of one-on-one moments this season. Love that for them. Don't you feel like? I feel like Kendall's been having a lot of one-on-one moments with a lot of people. But I feel like we constantly get these moments where Kim's just randomly at her house discussing things. It is true. Who else do you think she's had one-on-one moments with? I feel like it's really only been Kim. Maybe I'm thinking of last season with Courtney. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, you know, I know what you mean. I, truly, out of and we just said, like, out of all of the Kardashians, I almost feel like I almost feel like I know Sophia better than I know Kendall. Interesting. And what's funny is, I guess because this hasn't always been the case, but even with Kylie in the episode so much less than than she ever was, I still feel like I know Kylie so much more than I know Kendall. Because Kendall is not— Kendall differs than the rest of them on social media because her presence is not very Kardashian-esque. Whereas, like, Kylie, you can count every day she's doing a story where she's either talking yes, to the she camera— she makes it very personal. Very personal. Same with Kim. The other thing with Kendall that I have to wonder is that do you think if we knew her better, it would be any different? Like, I think—I don't even think if we no. saw her more, we would still have the same, like, I don't really know Kendall. I think this is kind of, like, what you see is what you get with her. No, for sure. I think she also is a little more, admittedly, like, a little more guarded— yeah, you know definitely. I mean? Like, we're never going to get to the root of her the way we have with, like, Kim or Chloe, which is fine. But I think we just, it's like, just not that. her personality. And exactly. That's fine, yeah. <laughs> we every, are crazy, yeah. Every time we do this, and we've been doing this for a year now, I, say, I think to myself, like, no, do other people think as intensely about this? Well, obviously, evidently, yes. I know. Wow. Which is amazing. It's amazing. So, anyway, Kim is talking to Kendall about how Saint had his first, per- or has his first performance on Friday at the church. And Kendall says, quote, I would make I would make Saint do the dopest shit if I were you because he's going to be the dopest kid. I mean, he already is. He already is. And Kim is kind of just saying how she's interested to see how he does because he's definitely shy. Like by no means is he the performer versus North, who is just has so much energy. Which this is a, this is storyline, which will continue. And you know, Kendall is kind of agreeing, saying like North is going to be a star. She's like, I know that's so cliche, but I'm telling you, North just has it. Literally, when they make the fourth or fifth remake of A Star is Born, it's going to be North in it. You know, it is. And Kim's going on and saying that Jojo Siwa had sent North like a giant basket of all these bows because North is kind of obsessed with Jojo. And Jojo DM'd Kim asking if she wanted her to come surprise North. And it's so funny to hear Kim being almost like starstruck. Right. Like she, it was so interesting. I guess it wasn't so much that here's what it is. I think Kim is obviously so used to people doing things for her. Like, she's not like, if somebody was reaching out on behalf of them, even if it was somebody big, to Kim, I don't think Kim is so thrown off because she's kind of used to it at this point. But having somebody big care about her child is now a different... Well, this is, JoJo to North is J-Lo to Kim. Right. Like, JoJo is North's J-Lo. Like, for Kim, she couldn't believe that this girl who's like, 16 and has this whole YouTube career is willing to take time out of her day to make her daughter feel special. Whereas we're watching it like 
Jojo, this is the best fucking day of your life. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's just a, interesting, the outlook. It is very interesting. There are two types of people in this world. <laughs> For sure. And one other thing that we wanted to note was that Kendall says, they're talking about the kids, and Kendall says, quote, I can't wait till I have a kid one day and make him do the coolest things so that he's a stud when he's older. The only reason I'm mentioning that is because, and tell me if I'm wrong, it's the first time I can remember Kendall talking about her future kids. Yeah, it is. She never alludes to motherhood. If anything, her whole kind of storyline or her, her whole shtick has been avoiding that. Yeah, I think she's. I think she's been really cautious about avoiding it because obviously the narrative is then going to become like Kendall wants to become a mother. But it's not surprising to hear her talk about kids. I think we obviously know that one day she wants kids, and I think she said that one day she wants kids. It's just not happening anytime soon. No. Okay, we go to the next scene. They're at Courtney's house, and everybody is in her closet cleaning and organizing, which— I love a good closet opener. Oh, my God. I could watch every scene from a different closet. Love it. That's how I feel about the planes. I yeah. like when I get them in a confined space. That's how I feel about It's Kim. like you're not going anywhere. That's how I feel about Kim's bathroom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Although the jet might be bigger, than, might be smaller than the bathroom. It's true. <laughs> it's actually true. So they're there, and Scott walks in, and first of all, this was the cutest thing ever. Courtney, I mean, Penelope is holding up the, her, Courtney's hair extensions, and he's like, here, Dad. She's like, here, Dad, hold these while I brush them. And Scott's like, P, like, you know these aren't moms. She's like, she's like, where do you think these came from? He's like, where do you think these came from? And she's like, Mom? And he was like, no, you, like, buy them. It's somebody else's hair. And she's like, I don't want this anymore. Just, just like, they just threw it. It just, like, shattered her reality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Julie, Scott drinking a boss. Why don't you just fucking redirect me to Pornhub? Because that's where I'm headed at the next commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see you wrote that. Yeah, him drinking a boss was kind of hot. Oh, uh, kind of? Kind of hot, yeah. He's so hot in this episode. He is. Anyway, so they're talking about the trip, and what Courtney is saying is that initially she wanted to do Finland as kind of like a girl's trip, but one, no one seems to be down, and the more she looks into it, she's realizing this is really a trip that she should bring the kids. There's so many kid activities and that kind of stuff. And she's saying that she wants Scott to come, and then she says, quote, and then it was my idea to invite Sophia to, Sophia to come. And... We now see them all, you know, sitting together, and Courtney straight up asks P, like, do you want her to come? And P says yes, which I thought was really interesting that we got that moment. I would have loved to hear P be like, no. But don't you Just think because it would have been like, what, what the fuck would you have done if she said no? But there were two parts about that that were interesting. The first part was that she took the initiative to ask, which I think she probably should to have. To make sure the kids are okay with it, yeah. And second of all, the fact that Penelope wanted her to come. Yeah, I think Penelope probably sees her as this, like, big sister. Cool older sister. Because she has—well, Penelope obviously has North, but she doesn't have, like, that older girl figure in her life. Like, her older brother is Mason. I'm sure she loves having that, like, older girl that, like, is girly with her and, like, isn't her mom, though. What's interesting, though, is that, you know, the kids aren't stupid. They know, at least to some extent, that Scott and Sophia are together. Like, they see them kiss. No, they they know, yeah. So do you think—what I was thinking is, like— do you think that the kids don't have this longing for Courtney and Scott to be together? You know, like it would, okay, my question is, it would be so easy for them to vilify Sophia if they wanted to solely because it's not their mom. Possibly they're too young to. Interesting. Um, But also I think Courtney does an amazing job of preventing that from happening. So Courtney inviting her on the trips and them knowing that Courtney is not only okay with their dad being with somebody else, but actually welcomes it you're not going to have the same outlook on your dad's girlfriend when that happens. It's so true. When like, when your mom's there being like, Sophia, come along, you're not going to be like, no, I don't like her because she's not my mom. It's like, my mo- what am I going to do? You, you know, when you, 
when you, I feel like when you have um, a parent that's dating someone and your response is to like kind of vilify that person, it's because you feel like you're protective over your other parent. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's like A, they're too young to kind of feel that perspect- pr- protective instinct. And B, they really have nothing leading them in that direction. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Courtney, I think, I mean, I said this to Julie throughout the whole episode and we'll get more into it. I had a lot of respect for Courtney in the way she handled oh, everything. Yeah. But anyway, so we'll she says, more, quote, yeah. so now we're, we're, Scott is in his confessional and he says, sorry, he says, quote, I never want to miss out on anything when it includes the kids. In the past six to eight months, we've been on a couple trips where it's been Courtney, Sophia, the kids, and it's been great. But Sophia mentioned to me that she didn't, that she did feel a little left out. So I have to be careful what I say because I don't want to overstep anyone's boundary and make anyone feel left out. Keep that in the back of your head because Scott's almost hyper awareness of making sure everyone is comfortable really, really comes into play. I have so many thoughts on that, but I don't want to get into it. it. But I have so many. The, th- the thing that's good about going scene by scene is that it really keeps us from like, like I could Exploding easily do, all at once. I could easily sit yeah. down and just talk about that the entire time. Yeah, let's keep going because okay. I have so much. Yeah. Okay. The next scene, they're at Chloe's rental house and it's Malika and Khadija's birthday coming up. So they're there with the kids and they're talking about how they, you know, they want to go to Vegas. Malika's boyfriend, which is now we know her baby father, which watching it now, like, and knowing that I'm looking at her like, you're about to be pregnant with this man's kid in a couple of months. Like, you don't even fucking know. Well, don't you, do you think that they purposely threw an OT Genesis plotline back in? Of course Like, they do you think did. they quickly went and re-edited I'm not saying definitely, but it wouldn't shock me. They had to. I was There's looking at her no like, way. little do you know, you're going to be doing a clear blue ad. Oh, my God. And they're not even together They're now. not even together. Anyway, so it's her it's her uh, birthday. They want to go to Vegas. And this is kind of, I'm just going to say, it was kind of a stupid plot line that didn't really need to exist, but fine. The whole thing was that Malika wanted Chloe to come out and be her drunk, fun self. And Chloe was like, you know what happened last time I was drunk, aka when she went batshit crazy in Palm Springs. She's like, I kind of need to tone it down. And Malika wasn't really having it. We'll get more into it. But that's what this has. Really insignificant considering the rest of the episode. Yeah. But again, you know there's always one that kind of has to fill the scenes. It's significant because Malika is pregnant, I guess we can now say. Yeah. Okay, next scene, it's Courtney and Chloe in the car. And this is when Courtney tells Chloe that they're going to Finland and that she invited Sophia. And Chloe says to her, like, you're such a great co-parenter. And Courtney's like, I really am. And... Uh, Chloe's like, I'm not being sarcastic. And Courtney's like, no, I know. I know. (laughs) I really am. And we're like sitting there like, you really are. She really, she she really surprises me sometimes. I have to say, Courtney gets a lot of shit for a lot of things, I think, in the family. And and from outsiders, like from her family alone and from people watching where they're like, I I feel like people tend to like, if you have to pick a least favorite, it's usually Courtney, I feel like. But I don't know. She really surprises me sometimes. When it has to do with her kids, she really... She always takes the high road, I feel. Yeah, I, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for her. I really do. I, I've always liked Courtney. I've never had an issue with her. Um, and I always felt like I kind of understood that the way she is and like wine and whatever. But I don't know. In this episode, I was like, I was Courtney's number one fan. No, so was I, which you know is not my typical. No, it's not. I'm not. She's a little harsh for you. That's why. I she don't is. find her to be too harsh for me because I feel like I get it. Well, I think that she's a really soft inside. Like I do think she's she's— one, I mean, I think she's an amazing mom, and I think she is really caring and really loving. But I guess, I guess, I just don't so much relate to sometimes the way she expresses herself, which probably isn't right of me to not get along with someone for that reason. But you know what I mean? Like, I think, right. I think sometimes she, I just wish she would be a little more like, I hate this word, but like mushy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like a little. Yeah, no, I, I so get that. And that, I also think it's hard to judge people 
um, for their interactions and the way they approach situations when you're dealing with family because I think that totally. it's so different than how you would deal with it in, a, in another situation. For, no, no, for sure. There have just been so many times over the years when I want to like shake her and be like, come on, just like feel right. things. But or, but I know she is, but maybe her defense mechanism is to like, I don't know. I, I, what I need to do is sit down with her therapist, really, but that's not going to happen. So she's they're in the car. Stupid HIPAA. <laughs> so they're in the car and— She's saying to her, she's saying to Chloe, she's like, they don't make me feel like I'm left out though, which is nice. Otherwise I wouldn't go or or invite her to come. And Chloe says, can I ask a question? Has anyone asked how she feels? And Courtney goes, I haven't. I feel like that's up to them to have their conversations about it. I'm not here to make anyone feel uncomfortable. And then Chloe says, I would hope she would say if she was to her own boyfriend. Which Fair. It's not not Courtney's job to make her feel comfortable. No, I mean— it's not, it's, listen, she would never go out of her way to make her feel uncomfortable, but if I had to put it between her and Scott, it's on Scott. Right, right. It's not Courtney's job to call her and be like, listen, I'm inviting you on this trip and I just want to make sure you're okay with the situation. That's Scott's job. Courtney, Courtney inviting her in the first place is, I mean, enough. I just thought this was such an interesting, I love when it's Courtney and Chloe driving specifically, because I feel like when you're driving, you get better conversation than when you're just sitting. Oh my God, yeah. Because you're like, you know, you have to focus on the road or whatever. And- I felt like it was such a real moment of of Chloe kind of, you know, that's what's interesting. You see Chloe take on the role of the empath and immediately think, what's Sophia thinking? Like that's right. so, it's such a Chloe thing to that do. Is, you're right. That is such a, whereas Kim would have, Kim in that situation would have been like, it's fucking weird that you do that, by the way. Yeah. Like, or like, I, like, are you okay with doing that? Are the kids okay? Like, I don't think Kim, not that Kim's not empathetic, but I think Kim's main focus is like her immediate family and who directly affects her. Although you do see Kim, you know, being a little more empathetic towards Sophia later in the episode. But I think when Kim is in that situation with whoever she's with, she's empathetic towards that person. Yeah, and it wouldn't have been, I don't think it would have been her initial reaction to think about Sophia. And I think a lot of that comes from also, I don't know, maybe, I sometimes feel like Kim has this, I I can't, I'm not going to be able to articulate what I want to say, so I probably just shouldn't even say it, but like this almost um, protective energy over her, do you know what I mean? Over her sisters from a, from a relationship perspective in a way? Yeah, like, it's hard. I know exactly what you mean. It's a little like Kanye becoming the patriarch protectiveness. Yes. Like, she, Kim feels like she has to take on the Chris role a lot of the time. Yes, that's yeah. exactly what it was. And I feel like her initial reaction would be like, are you okay with this? How do you feel about this? Right. Versus Chloe thinking Which is still it. an empathetic approach. It's just not as widely empathetic. Who? Did, what did I say that to you about? Where I'm like, there's empathetic, but then there's— Oh, my, my Uber driver. <laughs> Was that what it was? Yeah. yeah. I was like, there's empathetic, but then there's making sure your that your Uber driver doesn't have road rage empathetic. <sighs> there was something else I'm thinking of. It's not hitting the spot when I say that, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you do that where you'll just pull out the most random person where I'm like, how did, what do they even have to do with the situation that you're concerned about them? Oh, my God. I briefly said it last week. I, I will not tell the story, but we were in this Uber and. I, I, I swear I still think about it. Basically, he got, the guy got road rage, and the guy next to him said, like, motherfucker. And I guess our Uber driver took that really— what, do you know what I, I remember now, but keep going. It, no, it, it was about that, but it wasn't Our about Uber it. driver just, like, took that really to heart because he, which I, we eventually found out, lost his mom. So you saw him get really mad. And then he cooled down. He's like, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm, I'm so sorry I did that. I just—you can talk about anything, but, like, don't talk about my mom. She died and, like, whatever. And so 
he was so upset and like so sad. And I was telling him like, you know what, listen, don't give that guy your energy. We totally understand. And I said to Julie, when I got out, I was like, clearly he had a moment of like, whatever that guy said made him miss his mom. And I'm so glad that we were the ones in the car to make him feel okay for yelling. And that's the part where I was like, there's empathetic. And then there's still thinking your Uber driver, thinking about your (laughs) Uber driver who lost his mom 15 minutes after you've gotten out of the Uber. (laughs) It's really a remarkable quality you have. Thanks, Joel. (laughs) It's really, I mean. Thank you. Okay, we're moving on to the next scene. I fucking loved this plot line so much. Yeah, me too. They're at Kim's house and they're in her closet again. Love a good closet scene starter. So good. Keep them in a confined space, baby. And I love, this reminds me, can I tell you the vibe it had? Of Chris and Kim in Kim's bathroom during the Jordan Gate episodes. Love. Oh, that was amazing. Any Kim and Chris one-on-one in either a closet, in a kitchen, in a bathroom, I'm like, give me fucking more of it. Don't you feel like Kim and Chris together, it's like the meeting of the mind. Yes. When Kim, Chris, and Kylie are together in a room, it's like, oh my God. But I what feel, am I thinking of? Like during World War II yeah. when they all met. But I feel more about Kim and Chris than Kim and Kylie. I mean, than, than Chris and Kylie. Yes. No matter, I know. Ki- no, no. It's only Kylie when Kylie is there and Kim is there. But when it's Kim and Chris, it's like, it's a brain, the brain trust. The brain that's trust, what that's it is. That's what it is. Because that's my thing. It's like, I, you know, I know Kylie's the billionaire and arguably she's the more, quote, successful one. I still think Kim is like the Mecca. Yeah, Kim is the Mecca. When I think, when I think of that family, with the exception of Chris, obviously. Right, like I'm not ready for Kylie to take over the Christmas no, party yet. No, no, no. Okay, moving on. So they're sitting there and they're talking to North and and <laughs> Julie, Julie writes, North's dribbling a basketball. Listen, North, I've heard about how expensive it is to fix the floors in the house. And if your mom isn't going to tell you to take that shit outside, I will. <laughs> they got to get somebody from Europe to come over every time they want to fix the floor. She's dribbling a basketball. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> That's so funny. So Kim is telling Chris that Jojo Siwa FaceTimed North just to meet her and that, you know, North was so excited. And she asked Kim if North would ever want to be on her YouTube channel, which for anybody who doesn't know, Jojo Siwa is like the biggest thing in the YouTube world for kids. Yes. She's huge. I mean, she's unbelievably successful. She has this career that I feel like if you're over the age of 14, you're a little confused by, but like more power to her. Like I totally respect it. I just don't really fully get it, but yeah, she's killing it. This is basically like if Elmo FaceTimed you. Exactly. And you're a kid. So she's, Kim is saying to Chris, North was like, mom, I'm going to get a real video on YouTube. And I was like, but you're going to be so shy when you get there, which I think is a common fear for Kim because North is so outgoing. The life of that party is so wild. And then when there are other people around, she can sometimes go into her shell. Which I feel like is such a common thing with performers when they're like first starting out and they're comfortable. And it's like they only find their comfort when they're on stage or when they're doing something or dancing or singing or like doing what they're really good at. And then any other time, it's like they're they're coming out of their shell. It's so true. So Kim is saying to Chris, she's like, I never want her to feel like it's a work thing, like that she has to do it. And that, you know, she feels like North may be overwhelmed by JoJo because she— one, she loves her, and two, there's an entire YouTube crew filming. There's the Keeping Up crew filming. There's a lot. And she's saying, she's like, it's different when Kim is when North is on Keeping Up because she knows the crew. She's been around them. It's our family. We control the narrative. We can cut out whatever we want. It's totally different when you're going into someone else's environment and it's their whole crew. Right. And I think that it was a very legitimate, like, fear that she had. I think also Kim's fear, because Kim can think of this, but North is obviously too young to really grasp this concept, is that I think Kim was nervous that that um, North was somehow going to think that, like, this star that she idolized was was using her to, like, come on, the sh- come on her YouTube channel and, like, 
as clickbait almost, but like obviously North doesn't understand that concept, but Kim being who she is is obviously like, I never want North to feel like people don't genuinely want her to be there and they're only using her for quote clout. And also that Kim would ever put her in a position to right. be quote used. And Kim tells this really funny story in her confessional basically where she's like, I know what it's like to meet your hero. She's like, I will never forget when I met JLo for the first time. She's like, I met her at the Beverly Hills Hotel. I was so nervous. I tripped. It was, she's like, it was so embarrassing. And I am so glad that that moment isn't on film. So now do I do that to my daughter? Like, do I put the moments she meets her hero on camera? Right. And North is like begging her to let her do it. And I thought that this was such a good point by Chris. Chris is saying to Kim that, you know, she's like, you can't take this so seriously. And she draws the comparison to Kylie. And she says, quote, I don't think Kylie ever looked at her work as work when she was that young. And I just kept socking her money away every time she did something. And one day she said she wanted to start a lip kit business. And I said, you got to use all your own money. If you believe in this, this is yours to build. So I think you can build some boundaries and let her have fun. It was a really great comparison. It was a great comparison. And it was also to me like a foreshadowing moment. Well, also, I think that, you know, when Kim... You know, when Kim, Corny, and Chloe came on, it was like they were adults. They, you know, their life is now in the spotlight, but they were in their 20s when they first started doing this. Their example of what this is going to do to the kids is Kendall and Kylie. So seeing like Chris saying like, listen, Kylie did this when she was little. She was on camera and look where she is now. She is so well adjusted and so okay with growing up in that spotlight as long as it's not, as long as you don't take it too seriously and you allow them to have fun. And I think that Chris, Kim is obviously in a place where she's so overconscious about making sure that North doesn't end up as like a child star where North doesn't feel like her childhood was taken away from her because of this. And her only example to look at it is be like, okay, Kendall and Kylie turned out okay. They both did this with their lives. They both did this. And, and Chris is just kind of helping build that bridge to help her get there. Totally. And also Chris has a lot more credibility here because it's not like she's saying, listen, you see a lot of child stars. Like she's literally saying, these are my daughters. Like the example that she's using is her own children. Yeah. And I think Chris was also trying to explain to Kim that like Kylie in the industry and even Kendall, she wasn't trying to exploit them. You see a lot of times a child star parent that, they, that they're exploiting them. And I think Chris was trying to say, you know, you can do this in a way that allows them to be happy and control the narrative and have fun and still not feel like they're being exploited as kids. And I think the other thing that was really good was that Chris was trying to, you know, nail it down to Kim of like, just breathe. Like, don't take this so seriously. It's not right. as big of a deal as you're making it out to be. Listen, let's let's just address the elephant in the room, which is I'm not saying this conversation wouldn't have happened without the cameras there because it totally would have. But this was a very smart move on their part also to tell the public, like to explain oh, yeah. to the public, by no means am I trying to exploit my kid, which we know she's not, but this was a perfect right. opportunity for us to get an insight into that. You know what I mean? So no totally. one can ever say. Exactly. Okay, we're telling you guys about FrameBridge. Basically, FrameBridge is a service that makes it super easy and affordable to frame your favorite things. So from art prints to posters, travel photos, anything that's kind of sitting on your phone, that's where FrameBridge comes in. So here's how it works. You go to framebridge.com and you upload your photo, or they can send you a package to safely mail in your physical pieces. You preview your item online in any frame or style. You can choose your favorite, or they actually have like free recommendations from designers that you can use. Then their team at Framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. So instead of paying hundreds at the framing stores, their prices start at $39 and all of the shipping is free. 
Plus, our listeners get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use our code CELEBS. I did this for some of my pictures from travel. It's a game changer. It makes it so easy. Like, you literally have to do nothing. So get started today. Frame your photos or send the perfect gift for weddings, birthdays, and special events. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code CELEBS. You'll save an additional 15% off your first order. Go to framebridge.com, promo code CELEBS. Again, that's framebridge.com, promo code CELEBS. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candles, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so... I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Okay, take us to the next scene where they are ready to embark on their Finland vacation. So we're at the LAX private suite. We're all good, trip start. Oh my God. So they get on the plane. They're flying first class to Finland, which I wrote in the thing and I was like, ah, that's why she wanted Kylie and Kim to come so badly go to phone private. Of course. Um, Scott's so funny in the scene. First of all, when he protects, he's, he has Penelope on his shoulders before they go on the plane and then he like bends down and holds her head so he doesn't hit it. It's like, obviously that is the most normal dad parenting thing to do, but I was like, oh my God. It's so cute. Him with Penelope is just such a different feeling. It's such a different feeling. Him with Mason and Ray—no, him with—actually, with all three of them. Because him with Mason is, like, their boys. Like, that's his best friend. Him with Penelope is, like, he is her guardian, and, like, he thinks of her as, like— the most special girl in the entire world. And with Rain, it's just like, he's still cute. It doesn't matter. Like Right. It's like, it's it's, it's his little buddy. And exactly. like, he like, is still like, a, he's still like the little kid that he can do all these little things with. But with Penelope, it's like, you see it every time he sees her, he's just like in awe of her. Like, he can't believe this gorgeous little girl is his daughter. I know, he you loves see, her. You see, he loves her so much. So much. Okay, keep going. So uh, they get on and Scott's like, Scott's like already stressed. You can see it. And he's like, I got it. 
three kids, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, headphones, snacks, more snacks. I got it covered. Yeah. And we're just like, I feel like we were just rooting for him. And I have to tell you, my favorite part of the whole episode is when they show the flight, they're all in their thing, and they wake up in the morning and they like show them getting off. And Scott is like cuddled with a blanket in his arms. Like it's not on him. He's just cuddled with it. And I was like, God damn, that's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my whole <laughs> I life. I didn't catch that. Yeah. So I feel like I pick up on weird Scott details that no one else does. You do. Yeah, because I love him. So they get there and they're staying at the Arctic Tree House, Arctic Tree House Hotel. Which how much do you think they had to pay them to say that? Oh my god, a lot. They they never say the names or like when they do, you notice it. In the older episodes where they would go, they they would sometimes like the the big vacation episodes, but this one was like, yeah, this one was blatantly. This is where we're staying, and for sure. Um, so they're there, and Scott and Sophia are kind of sitting by the fire. Scott's telling her that it's very romantic. We're just setting the scene for which is about to be this trip, which, oh, my God, I'm so fucking excited to talk about. But, like, you know, I think that let's just back up for one second, which is any—forget tr- about who you're traveling with. The airport is typically a really stressful time. I know they're first class. They have a million things with them, whatever. But, like, I feel like Sophia is the kind of person that Scott wants for this, like, to, to be his partner in this kind of thing because— she doesn't stress him out over the little details. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, she's not going to stress him out if, like, her seat isn't working. I'm just totally making that up. But do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like she's very as chill as one could be. She she seems it. In these situations specifically. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's not—I'm trying to think of somebody who would be stressful to have in an airport with you. Courtney, if the roles were reversed. Right. Like, if Courtney was the girlfriend. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you kind of agree? And also, I feel like Sophia— I think Sophia really knows her place, and she's. I think she went in with the mentality of, like, let's make this as seamless as possible. Like, let me do my part to make this as easy of a trip as possible. Yeah, for sure. Okay. We're in the next scene again. This is, like, kind of a boring plot line, but let's just talk about it. They're on the plane from Leek and Khadija's birthday. <laughs> Truly, I'm so annoyed that I have to care to pretend about this plot line. Yeah. It's the same thing. Malik is just saying that she wants to be blackout drunk. Chloe's not really having it, and— I don't know. What else do you have to say about this? Nothing. Nothing except for that Chloe's whole thing is that she is conscious, wanting to make sure that everybody's having fun, which classic Chloe. Yeah. Like, of course she's in the role where no matter what she's going through, her still role is to make sure that everybody else is happy. Well, especially for Malika. I have to say, I so get Chloe's not drinking thing here. So. But not even just like, like the whole idea of there's been so many times where I've, like, known, like, if I drink tonight, like, it's just not, like, I am staying away from it because I know that it's going to be a mess. And it's just such, it's so, I just so related to that. So much. Okay, they're, we're back in Finland now for the next scene. And the first thing that they're doing is this kind of, like, floating. And I don't really know exactly what to describe, but they're basically floating in these giant suits. And Courtney's, like, helping Sophia with her suit. And Scott, Sophia, and Courtney are taking a picture. You can tell, you can see it before we even hear one confessional. You can see that Scott is like, what the fuck did I just sign up for? I'm in the middle of Finland with like my ex-girlfriend, my kids, and my current girlfriend, like, and nobody else, and not one other family member. Right. Like, there's no buffer. And the reason, and Scott will go into this a lot more, is that he felt that this was so different than the other trips they did was because now the camera crew is there. And now it's like really all eyes are on them. Like if something was uncomfortable when they were on their other vacations, no one knew about it. They never had to tell the family. They never had to do it. The public never had to see. Now it's like if something's uncomfortable and somebody looks a little weird or somebody gives a side eye that no one noticed and whatever, everyone's going to see that. Okay, that's number one. But number two, the other thing was that this was the prime example of them like breaking the third wall, which they've been doing 
more this season and last season than they ever have done yeah. ever, which could be a Kanye thing. I don't know. Like Kanye creative thing. I'm just saying was what he was saying. He's like, listen, Courtney and I, these camera crew are like our family. Like we've known them for the past 10 years. Sophia doesn't know them. And he was just acknowledging that for someone, if you've never done this before, like having this crew on you at all times, forgetting about how the public perception is just for Sophia in the moment, like could be a little weird for her, which like, yeah. I have to say, I kept like imagining what it would be like for us there. And I was just like, my, like, because it seems so normal. It's like, oh, a camera crew. But it's right. Like, when has Sophia ever had a full camera crew on her filming her every move? And even if you know that certain things aren't going to make it to, you know, the final show, it's still like you don't know in the moment what you're—you have to be so conscious. Like, I'm not kidding when I say that is my worst it's nightmare. It's incredibly anxiety-provoking on top of already being on—I wonder if Sophia okayed the camera crew. She had to. What do you mean? Well, I wonder if this was a conversation where— I, I I mean, I wonder how it was worded to her. Like, I wonder if Scott said to her, do you want to come by the way the camera crew will also be there? Or if Scott invited her and then the next question was like, would you mind having the camera no. crew there? I think it was totally the first way. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. Because there was no way that they were going to go on this vacation and it wasn't going to be filmed. Right. You know what I mean? So it was kind of either like you're coming and it's going to be filmed or you're not coming and it's going to be filmed. Right. I don't like I don't see a world where they were gonna go and they were Sophia was gonna get her way if she wanted it of it not being filmed. Can I tell you what vibe I don't get from Sophia, which I think a lot of people could potentially say? I don't get the vibe that she's there because she doesn't trust Scott. But don't you think that would be such an easy thing to say, like, oh, of course she goes on the trip, she just wants to keep an eye on him? I, I don't get that vibe at, at all. all. At all. To- great point. I, honestly, I didn't even think about it because it's so out of my brain space. She really doesn't. It's really respectable. But there, there's so much respect. Like, I was in awe of, of all of, of all everyone. three of them. All yeah. of them. Anyway, so they're in. It's really cute. They're, like, floating in. Sophia and Courtney are in the water together. They're, like, holding hands. It was it was a very cute moment. I don't do—we didn't talk about this. Did you pick up on this? They get back into the thing. They're, these are, like—I don't know if, if you guys didn't see the episode. They're, like, g- giant suits that you need help getting out of. So— they get back and Sophia and Scott are the first two to get back and he's helping her get out of her outfit and he like pulls it off and he's like being really cute, he like picks her up, whatever. And Courtney comes in and do you hear her ask the guy? Yes. Like help I me did out. Pick and up I felt like that was a purposeful decision that they left that in because it was like just to show the the contrast between like clearly Scott's helping his girlfriend, right. not Courtney. Not that there was anything wrong. That's what he should have done. It would have been weird for him to, to help. Yeah. But it was just interesting. And for like a split second there, you know, it's just the three of them and- Everyone else was fine, but Scott was a little— Yeah, you start to see Scott really, which is a theme that will persist throughout this episode, but you see Scott start to get, like, tense. Yeah, and as they're walking, you know, out of the thing to to go to their next activity, you see Scott kind of, like, just, like, playfully grab Sophia's waist or whatever, and in that moment is when I looked at Julie and I was like, I couldn't do it if I was Courtney. Like, I I don't think she was walking behind them, but hypothetically, even if you have no feelings for the guy, even if it's been a million years, whatever, and I really do consider myself a very secure, non-jealous person, I don't think I could go on a trip like that if I wasn't in a relationship with a guy that I may potentially have feelings for still and watch him interact with his girlfriend, even as respectful as they are. I just think it would be like, I don't need that. Like, I'll deal with it at Christmas. I'll deal with it when I see them. But on a vacation by myself in the middle of the— like other country, I just don't need it. Most people couldn't do it. It's not by any means the norm. So to say I couldn't do it, it's just like kind of like the blanket statement. It was like the, it's like the little things that I think would have gotten to me. Like clearly they weren't gonna have sex in front of her or anything crazy like that or probably not even really kiss, but just the little like 
waist grabbing because you 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 can't help but remember what it was like when that was you or even, compare it even if you don't want to be even if you don't want it to be you the constant comparison must be exhausting yeah i have so much respect for courtney i really do but do you think like yeah do you think courtney is 100% over scott then i do you think she would be able to logically do this if she wasn't I know. See, that's like when I get fooled, right? Like that's when it's like, gotcha. Well, because for me, there's two options. She's either over Scott and that's why she's okay. Or she is so not over him that she would rather have him there under any circumstance, even if it's one as uncomfortable as that, just to have him there. Those those are the only two options, really, don't you think? No. What about a third, which is like, she's not, she she's okay to not be with him right now. She doesn't want to be with him right now. She's supportive of their relationship. She definitely still has some sort of feelings and holds on to the idea of them potentially getting back together. And she would rather have him for her, their kid's sake than not have him. So she's willing to put up with it, even though it's not the easiest thing. That's fine. And that makes sense in a scenario in which Sophia isn't there. Because in that scenario, he, she could have easily said like, or just not invited Sophia. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not the them together part that's the confusing or what she wants. It's the fact that Sophia's there that leaves it kind of only two options because any other option would just be like, okay, don't invite Sophia. Hmm. Wait, so you're saying you don't think it's possible that— I'm saying that if she still had feelings for him, but she was, you know, didn't want to be with him right now, but was supportive of his relationship with Sophia— but still definitely saw a scenario in which they could get back together or had that somewhere in her mind. I don't think she would be able or want Sophia to be there. I think the only two scenarios in which she's okay with having Sophia is there is if she wants Scott there so badly that she'll just put up with Sophia because she knows it's like the way to get him there or if she's actually 100% over it. I can't see an in-between there. Mm. That's a really good point. I... I, I, I'm like gonna, you can't see it being one of those two things either, though, right? I yeah, because because what I really think is the case is like a combination of everything. I think she cares about her kids. I think priority is that she wants Scott there because she wants it for her kids. And like she says later in the episode, like she just wants to create memories together as a family. So if that means having Sophia there, that's fine. But I do think that there's also a part of her that, okay, I I figured it out. I figured it out. I got the answer. This is my response. I think her ability, her maternal instincts and her desire for her kids to have a complete vacation with both of their with both of their parents trumps any feelings she may have for Scott that would make her uncomfortable with Sophia coming where she's like this is going to suck a little bit for me but I'm okay with having him here because it's I'm doing it for the kids that's what I think is my, that's my belief okay i'm really proud of myself that i came up with a third answer i felt stumped for a second there yeah i like to stump you a little I know. bit i want to hear what do you guys think about that like i'm very curious what people have to say they said they agree with me. I just heard that. <laughs> Julie just Julie just literally put her hair her hands her earphones. I, I I I don't know. I I would do anything, Julie. That is like what I honestly right now in the world of Kardashian. That's what I want to know the most, more than Kylie and Travis. Which holy fuck, we're gonna talk about in a regular episode. Like just how Courtney honestly feels. How about this honestly, situation. no bullshit. If you talked to her straight one on one, how she feels. Well, do you think she'd admit that? Like in a hypothetical world. In a hypothetical world where she's completely open and will admit yeah, anything. Exactly. Yeah, same. same. Anything. No question. Okay. Next scene, 
we're in Vegas again. We're not really talking too much about it. Malika's is kind of going off. There's one part about this that I wanted to mention. Malika's basically going off because I guess she went to go see OT Genesis at his sound check and the security was giving her a hard time. And she comes back and is basically telling Khadija and, and Chloe how she raised hell and how she was like, they wouldn't let me in, fuck that, whatever. The one thing that I wanted to say, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm gonna say? That Chloe was like he was doing his job. Chloe, or she was doing her Chloe job. Was like she was doing her job, which again, totally that is Chloe's belief, but also an amazing opportunity for them to market themselves as, like, so respectful to staff. Which, by the way, though, that's why you've never heard anything. That's what I'm saying. It, yeah, you've never heard anything It's bad. not even marketing. I think that is genuinely their mentality. It is, but it, w- but it totally was, and that's what she would have said off camera, but it was smart to say it on yeah, camera. of course. Yeah. No surprise here. We are telling you guys about Third Love, Julie, how much do we love this company? No. The, the greatest. <laughs> we love this company. Okay, so basically, Third Love will help you find the perfect bra. So they use data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. They have more sizes than most brands. There's an unbelievable amount of convenience. You basically skip the trip. Let me tell you how it works. So the Fit Finder quiz is you answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Basically, you're answering questions about your boobs, which like is very fun. (laughs) Over 14 million women have taken the quiz to date. The thing is, a lot of people don't know this, but breast shape matters the most when you're finding out kind of like which bra is a good fit, and they make that super easy. It helps you identify your breast size and shape, and it finds the styles that fit your body. The other thing is the perfect fit promise. So basically every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. So they have this team of expert fit stylists, and they're dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. They're also available every day, so via text, chat, or phone, and all of the returns and exchanges are free and easy. I've said this a million times. I literally do not wear bras, and when I have to wear a bra, this is the only bra that I use, and I'm no exaggeration, and I know you can. A hundred percent. It's 100% true. So Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash celebs now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash celebs for 15% off today. Okay. Back in Finland, best scene ever. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to start off or do you? No, you start it. Okay. So they're back in Finland and they're eating dinner. And it's Courtney, the kids, Scott, and Sophia. And Courtney takes the kids to the bathroom and it's just Scott and Sophia. And they're kind of just like messing around with each other. And Scott has this pimple on his neck that Sophia's popping, whatever. And Sophia says to him, quote, you're a lot more sophisticated with me when Courtney's around. You turn into a five-year-old when it's just us. And Scott says to Sophia, she's like, well, you know, she's older than me, so. I feel like we kind of like, first of all, I feel like we breezed over a little bit their interactions. I feel like we should talk a little bit more about Please. that. Please. So they're like very playful together. Like as soon as, as soon as Courtney walks out of the room, Scott like kind of, they like playfully hit each other. Like it is very like, not childish the way they interact, but like playful. Like it, it's, I thought it was adorable, first of all. When she's popping his pimple, I was like, nothing has ever been cuter. Someone wrote in our Patreon group or someone messaged us like, why can I watch uh, Sophia's pop Scott's pimple all day? And I was like, same. I wrote in this. I was like, I've always considered like popping someone else's pimple, like the ultimate sign of love. Oh, it is. Like, I feel like if I was, so my friend was telling me about their relationship, it was like, and then I popped his pimple. I was like, oh, you guys are serious. Yeah. It's kind of like when you tweeze a guy's eyebrows. Like there are just certain things yeah. that you do in a relationship. Wait, you know what, what you just said, what it made me think of? It's kind of like when you are on... 
you're on like a vacation with your with your family and your boyfriend, and you like want to be so touchy with your boyfriend, but you know you obviously have to be respectful. So as soon as they walk out of the room, as soon as they walk out of the room, you're like making out for because you know you have like one minute before they get back. That's right. kind of how I felt. It was not in a, not in a disrespectful way by any means. No, it was like honestly overly respectful. Exactly. I think that first of all, let's analyze though the like Scott being more sophisticated with Courtney. It makes so much sense. So much sense. For so many different reasons. I mean, I think what we have to remember is that when when Sophia and Scott started dating, he didn't have to prove himself. I was just going to say. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah. Whereas Scott spent so many years with Courtney proving himself that he's finally at a point where he is this respectful, you know, has it all together, mature guy. So he is going to live up to that and maintain that persona probably all the time, even when he's goofy. Right. Whereas with Sophia, he's allowed to kind of be like whatever because he never had to get himself there in the first place. I think he's still constantly, I don't think he will ever escape the mindset where he feels like he has to prove himself to Courtney, which could be one of the reasons why they won't be, why they can't be together. I know. I, that's a mindset that you don't get out of. No, I, I, just because I, I I think that in my heart, I, I still toy with it because I really like Sophia, but I think if I had to choose, like, someone said, you know, this is your final thing. What, what do you think? Would you want them together? I think I'd probably, like, Courtney and Scott, I think I still would probably say yes. I think I do want them together, too, but I, I don't know. It's hard because, like, there's no part of me where I see somebody who, like, has kids together and they get along so well where I'm like, why can't you just, like, I think I would want that for anybody. I know. But it's like, if they're able to do all of this and there's no fighting and the kids are happy and they get to spend the same amount of time with their— I don't know. I go so back and forth I with it. I do, too. And I hate how much I love him and Sophia together. I don't want—I think they are fucking adorable together. Same. I have nothing but kind things to say about her, truly. I think the way they interact is so cute. It's so normal. It's so where they should be two years into a relationship in my mind. And I think what's interesting about Scott and the reason that Scott and Sophia work is because I think Scott does better with himself when he has someone else to take care of as opposed to somebody taking care of him. So when him and Courtney were together, it was constantly like she had to like nag him and be on top of him and take care of him. And I think when he's with Sophia, not to make it like a father-daughter thing like he is with Penelope, but I think he just gets to be the one that like is protective and steps into this role of making sure she's okay and constantly looking after her. And it's such, it's a huge amount of character growth, but I think it's something that he was never really allowed to do when he was with Courtney. One, because he wasn't in a place in his life where he could be. And two, Courtney is the total take charge, do everything type. And he kind of was able to sit back and let her take control. And I think he loves in this new era of responsibility that he has being able to show that off. And one of the ways he does that is by taking care of Sophia. Yes, I was just like not I yes that was such a great excellent point. Thank you. No, we really I totally agree with you. And let me just throw it in there. I don't know how relevant it is. Maybe the age thing also. Not that Yes. Listen, I, I, I know he's only a couple years younger than Courtney, so it's not a huge thing, but with with Sophia, even though I do think of them as total equals, there is some inherent thing with the age that I think probably plays into that. Also, Scott's like default setting is like being a goof. Like, you saw when he was with Rob and he was able to, like, let loose and be himself. Like, that is exactly the type of person he went to do. And I think that what he loves about Sophia is that, you know, when he was with Courtney, I think she constantly made him feel like it had to be one or the other. You couldn't be goofy and responsible. You either be responsible and step up as a father. And I'm not even talking about the drinking. I'm talking about when he was fucking around with Rob. It was like, you either had to step up and be a responsible father and a responsible partner— 
and not be goofy or you can be goofy and you can be off doing your own thing. And I think what he likes about Sophia is that he is able to capture both of those things and he's able to have his true personality be there while still being that responsible guy. I totally agree with you. So Scott in his confessional says, quote, sometimes you have so many inside jokes or inside things with someone you've known for so long, even if you're not romantically with them. You don't really know how to act. It's definitely a really hard and awkward situation and I just feel bad and I want the people I love in my life to just be happy. He's basically talking about the fact that, you know, him and Courtney, even though they're not together, they have a way. They have a way that they interact and he never would want their kind of familiarity familiarity with each other to like make Sophia feel any type of way. He has an overwhelming respect for both of them. Which is really evident here and really nice to see. And I have to say, like, in the position Scott's in, that's the most difficult position to be in. You know, Courtney doesn't have to go out of her way to make Sophia feel included. It's not her job. And Sophia doesn't have to go out of her way to make Courtney feel. It's Scott's job to kind of mediate between the two of them. And that's why he was so stressed about this whole episode is because it, it really falls all on him. Yeah, which we get, don't worry, at the end, we really get into how that all, like, ends up manifesting itself, and it's a really very happy ending, I have to say. But for a while here, you see him really stressed. Yeah. And this is kind of exemplified when uh, Courtney come back the, comes back to the table with P, and it's awkward for a second there. And you can tell Scott, it's almost like two competing personalities within himself that are having to coexist. Like for a second there, she went to the bathroom, and him and Sophia are fucking around, whatever. And then Courtney comes back, and he's like, oh, shit. Right. You know what I you mean? You know what was interesting? This was an interesting edit. When they show the commercial, and I don't know if they did this all of them, but definitely before the episode started, when they show the, like, coming up scenes of this scene, they show Sophia hit Scott's arm away and then say the, you know, you're so sophisticated once you're with it. So it looks like it was a fight. Then when you actually see it, the hit was playful and was a couple of minutes before the actual thing that was said. But I thought that was so interesting the way they did that. Well, they're not stupid. They knew they're not stupid. It was like they really, it, it, was, like, it was total clickbait. It was visual They clickbait. made it seem like it was such a fight. It yeah. wasn't a fight. It wasn't a fight at all. And listen, the last fucking thing that Sophia is going to do, even if she was as mad as she could have been, which she wasn't at all, is fight on camera with Scott. She knows, listen, she's not stupid. She knows this is going to keeping up fans. Oh, like, yeah. This is Kardashian fans that are watching this. The last thing she's going to do is come across as like the jealous girlfriend. Totally. Do you know what I mean? You know what? Another point about Courtney and Sophia that I feel like we have to make is that I think this relationship would be a lot different if there was no prior history. We forget they knew each other before. And it's it's a little bit easier to have this kind of friendshipy situation when there was a previous relationship that existed. If this was a random girl that he had ne- that she had never met before and this is now her getting to know her, it, I don't think it would be so okay. And the other thing that I have to say about that is— and I think we've said this before, is that this would be totally different if this was some random girl, you know, off the street that Scott picked up and she didn't have the same um, Hollywood background that Courtney had in the sense of like, at the at the core of it, this is Lionel Richie's daughter. She grew up in with full stardom. She understands what it means to be a celebrity. She understands the confidentiality aspects that goes into it. She understands all of the little inner workings. And I think that Courtney knows that there's no part of her that's like doing this for clout because arguably Sophia is more famous than Scott. You know what I'm saying? Right, in her, yes. In her own way. Like, yeah. she, she's a Richie. That's right. a, that that carries a, some big weight. Don't you think it would be different than if he was, like, with some random, like, model that he met in Miami? Courtney, yeah. she would not—let me tell you something. No matter how no, great totally. the girls, that girl like wouldn't have been Bella on vacation. Like, if Bella Thorne came in— It would have been different. It would have been different. They would ne- Bella Thorne would not be—it it says a lot about Sophia that Courtney allows her to be there. Totally. It says a lot. 
And it's just so interesting. I would do anything. I would do anything for a conversation with Kylie and Courtney about Sophia, just to hear what the two of them have to say anything. and what they think. Because you know it exists. Of you course know they, it does. They speak about it. Of course it does. Okay, next scene. I'm literally just mentioning it. They're in Vegas. Chloe and Malika get into a fight, and Malika's Chloe's like, you know what? I'm not dealing with this. I'm going to go to sleep. Good job, Chloe. Whatever. Right? Nothing else yeah, I understand. It's the most pointless. It's also funny because now we know one. Malika and OT Genesis aren't together, and two, she's pregnant. So, like, having that knowledge, watching this all go down is just interesting, I feel like. Yeah. You know? It is. It is. It's like the Friends episode where they watch the sex time and it's like, you're about to get pregnant. Yeah. So, next scene, they're at Kim's house, and Connie's on FaceTime, and Kim's saying to Connie, like, babe, you know, say good luck to North on her first YouTube video. And North is like, I'm already on YouTube with the Kim Kardashian. And Kim's like, the Kim Kardashian? When North, I just want to watch a highlight reel of North saying Kim Kardashian West. Me too. There's nothing I like more than hearing North say Kim Kardashian West. It's funny that she's like really starting to get it. She gets it. She really gets the weight that, I mean, she kind of always got the weight that Kanye carried. Like, uh, you know, my favorite scene in Keeping Up Ever is when they're at Nobu and she's like, Kanye West is my dad. Like she kind of, cause you can point to something that he's done. She's now finally starting to understand it. I guess a lot of that is through YouTube and seeing clips of her mom. For sure. So, um, you know, Kim's saying that after a lot of thought, her and Kanye decided they're going to let her do the video with Jojo. And that Kanye said, listen, she's having fun. Let's let her do whatever. So they get to JoJo's house, and Kim is explaining, because I'm sure you guys by this time have watched the actual video, Kim's explaining that in JoJo's video, the whole thing was that Kim was going to drop her off, and she was going to go run errands, which of course she didn't do. She was actually at the house. And Kim is basically like going through JoJo's house while North and, and JoJo are recording this video. And at the beginning, you see North being a little shy, and you can see Kim's like, it's like exactly her biggest nightmare. Right. And again, not for her sake. It's not like I wanted my kid to be outgoing to make me look right. good. It was like, I don't want North to be upset that this is her. She was like, I, yeah. She didn't want this to be, she felt guilty that she allowed North meeting JoJo to be on camera and that this is the memory North is always going to have of meeting her like hero for the first time. Exactly. That's what Kim was like very conscious of. So Kim asks North if she wants to FaceTime her friend Hayden, who... <laughs> Her friend, not to be confused with Caden, who's North's boyfriend. You see them holding hands? That's Tracy's. No, no it's not Tracy's. I don't know whose son it is. Whose son is it? He's Remember, he was, it's a rapper's. Well, the kid's also a rapper. It's one of Kanye's friend's kids. But remember when they were just in New York? They were holding hands. Yes. They walked out of the hotel, North and Caden holding, ha- holding right, hands. They were. Anyway, so North, she's talking to Hayden. She's like getting into it. She gets a lot more comfortable. She starts screaming. And North says to JoJo, she's like, my mom says you scream a lot. Kim's <laughs> like, I did not say that. You fucking <laughs> six, nine the shit out of her. Why don't you? Julie writes, Kim's like, you fucking little narc. <laughs> it's so true. She, Kim, you can see Kim like visibly get uncomfortable. She's like, no, no, I, I didn't say that. I just said that like, she has a lot of volume and you have to match her volume. And it's so funny. I'm like, and then North like, what's her? She's like, you said it. Like, that's not what you said. Like, and oh we're wa- I'm like, are we really watching Kim have to defend herself to Jojo Siwa because North is ratting on her? Like, what fucking universe are we in? Can't you so picture the conversation, though, where, like, North is watching Jojo and Kim and Kanye think North can't hear. And Kim's like, if she would just stop screaming. Yeah, she's like, she's so fucking loud. I and North s- picks up on they didn't even realize. And Kim's like, fuck. It's so true. Um, and you see, you know, so the whole thing is that Kim is, like, basically rummaging around Jojo's house while this is happening and she's FaceTiming Kanye from the merch room. She's like, babe, this is insane. Like she has her own popcorn. She has her own notebook. She has her own everything. And we're just like, 
And like you hear, oh, oh shit, they're coming. I have to stop. And Julie turns to me. She's like, why is Kim afraid of Jojo Siwa? Like, I don't understand. Do you ever get sick of Kim calling Kanye babe? I don't. Ever. Ever. It's like how I never get sick of Sophia. Call- I mean, Scott calling Sophia baby. Or Soph. Or Soph. That made me a little tingly. Yeah. Yeah. Any of the nicknames, I just, I fuck with so hard. Yeah. With the exception of Truseldorf. I love True. Just keep it a True. But, but I don't like baby True. Because what's going to happen when she's not a baby anymore? Yeah. They're kind of using baby as a safe card. True is the most adorable little name. Just keep her as True. You know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> So if you work out a lot or you frequent the gym a lot, this is really a company for you. I'm telling you about Fabletics. Here's the deal. You know, I think number one, when you're working out a lot, you go through a lot of workout clothes, but also I feel like there's this pressure to have trendy, cool stuff, and it can really add up. Whether it's Lulu, Athleta, whatever it is, it can add up to a lot of money, but it doesn't have to, which is why Fabletics comes in so handy. So I feel like most of you have heard of them, but if not, I'm going to tell you. Basically, Fabletics is a fashion-focused activewear brand founded by Kate Hudson, and its mission is to empower women by making a healthy, active lifestyle accessible to everyone because of its exceptional price point. It's super simple. It's so easy. I went on, and I'm a big fan of, like, high-waisted leggings, and I ordered a bunch of them in black, kind of like compression ones, and they are so amazing. They feel so good. Like, I was just such a fan. I've seen these advertised for so long, and I was, like, very excited to try it. And Fabletics is offering our listeners an incredible deal that you don't want to miss. So get two leggings for only $24, which is a $99 value, when you sign up for a VIP. Just go to fabletics.com slash CBC to take advantage of this deal now. That's fabletics.com slash CBC to get two leggings for only $24. Also, free shipping on orders over $49. International shipping is available, and there's absolutely no commitment when you purchase your first order. That's fabletics.com slash CBC. If you've never tried it, Try it. I, I think that you should start. They have this like collections page so you can see what's trending. Um, and they have new collections, new styles, all the stuff released constantly. It's a really, really amazing service. I'm a huge fan. So again, get two leggings for only $24. That's a $99 value. When you sign up for a VIP, be sure to check out our favorite leggings. Personally, mine are the high-waisted ones. Um, all you have to do is go to fabletics.com slash CBC to take advantage of this deal now. That's fabletics.com slash CBC to get two leggings for only $24. That's fabletics.com slash CBC. The best part is that there's no commitment to purchase monthly and free shipping on all orders over $49. Also, super important, make sure that you enter your email address when you take the style quiz because then you can receive like exclusive discounts and the inside scoop and all that kind of stuff. So again, fabletics.com slash CBC. Terms and conditions do apply. So we're back in Finland, ladies and gentlemen. And they're at this like Santa's workshop place, which is, I guess, Courtney had found it. It's a really cute place for the kids. She wanted to bring them whatever. And Sophia's telling Mason, we specifically wrote Mace. When she's like, Mace. Mace, come on, Mace. It's like, I don't know. I just feel like I waited my entire life to hear Sophia call Mason Mace. Shoot me for it. Yeah, fucking like, why don't you I yeah, don't lock me up? You know? Uh, so they're in there, and Penelope and Rain are having the time of their lives. Mason is in the car sleeping, and Sophie and Scott are just not into it. They're like, this is bizarre. They want to get out. And Scott says, like, yeah, I think Mason's not feeling well, so we're going to take her back. And they straight up just, like, up and leave. Which I have to say kind of made sense. It felt weird to me to leave Mason sleeping in the car. I mean, I'm sure there was plenty of security no, with him. No, I know there's security, but, like— <laughs> still, it makes more sense to bring Mason home than leave him in a running car. You know what I mean? Like, it just, like, it wasn't like they kind of, like, the way it seemed, I'll tell you why I thought it made more sense. The way it seemed when they when they showed the preview for it was that, like, they were like, Mason, pretend to be sick. And they, like, took him home. Yeah. Like, Mason was logically sleeping in the car. 
Like, it's not like he was having the time of his life enjoying it. It made sense that they would want to take him home so he no. didn't have to sit in a car. I totally hear you. I just, I, they could have been a little more tactful, which again, Courtney then says, quote, I just think it's really bizarre. Mason's asleep in the, scar- in the car and Scott just takes that as a chance to leave. We flew across the world to come and see this place and in the middle of it, they just got up and left. That was fair. Fair. And I see both sides, but I also see it's like, you know, yeah, this fucking was a weird-ass elf workshop, but for the two kids, they loved it. So I feel like Courtney was like, can't you appreciate this experience with the kids? It was weird that Scott wasn't more into it for the kids, seeing how into it Penelope and Rain was. Rain war. I think that it was hot. Oh, in there? Because if you saw them taking off the layers, and I think they were like, get me the fuck out of here. And Sophia was like, I am definitely getting tired. Yeah. Anyway, just keep that in the back of your head. So— We're now in Finland again, and they're at the spa, and Sophia and Courtney are, like, going into the ice water at the same time. It was really cute. And then they're in the hot tub. And it's, like, Scott, Sophia, Courtney, and the kids in a hot tub. Like, oh, my God. I could watch, like, nine seasons of a show of them in a hot tub. Just literally just hanging out. So— Courtney is is pointing to something on Sophia's face. I guess her makeup is a little smudged. She's helping her. And you see Scott is so visibly uncomfortable. Like, he cannot get out of his own way. You can say it. Julie said to me, she's like, listen, it's probably weird for him because his kids are there, right? So it's like his kids are there. But at the same time, he's watching Courtney and Sophia next to each other. So he's like probably getting a little bit hard, but also like his kids are here. So he's like, this is so weird. And also like, I don't know how to act like, right? Yeah. It's like the most uncomfortable situation one could be. And I totally get it. Although I have to tell you this furthered my thought of when we were talking like a while ago, we made some joke about how like, oh yeah, that would be Scott's dream threesome. And I said like, no, it would be his worst nightmare. I it hold would be true his to the fact. Worst I think that if he was offered a Courtney and Sophia's threesome, he would literally turn it down solely because he would, he, he's like, he knows he's going in there. It, the cards are stacked against him. It's think a lose-lose. Think about how cautious he is of how much attention he's diverting to both of them while he's away. Imagine in a threesome. I, I literally can't imagine. He'd have to bring him back up to like, you know what I mean? There's just no way. There is no way. There is, I think about that all the time. Them having a threesome. Like just the, same. it's just like, yeah, then the whole idea of it. Like I don't, it's not, it's, it's like so, the logistics that ruin the fantasy though. Literally, that is Yes, the logistics of it fully ruin the fantasy because there is a 0% part of him that wants to think about how intensely he needs to be focusing. Because ideally, if you take those three people and threw them in a threesome, it would just be like, holy fuck. This is the hottest thing ever. Right, for anybody. Anybody objectively watching Scott, Sophie, and Courtney having a threesome, just as individual people not in the relationships they're in, would be like, Holy fuck, I want that on DVD, VHS, Blu-ray, everything. Give yeah. me every copy of it to exist and every player that could ever exist in the entire world so I yeah. can watch it. Save it on a hard drive, a flash drive, everything. But when you think about how that would actually go down, you literally can't even get wet. It's like, you're done. Like, that's what I said. I said, if he was hard for even a second, it was killed. Yeah, I'd, rather, I'd rather watch him just drink Voss than have Same. to deal with him in that situation. I, the vicarious stress would be overwhelming. And Who's, sex tape would you rather see, I though? was about to say... Oh, definitely him and Sophia. Yeah. No? Yeah. Right? For sure. Yeah. But I just, oh my God, there's so many aspects. Also, what got me thinking of is what is he different in bed with Sophia than he was with Courtney? Like, do you think that their sex lives are similar? Do you think that she brings out a different side of him? Like, these are all the questions that I have. Um, well, you have to assume that they're having sex far more often than him and Courtney were because they slept at the, because Courtney co-slept. Yeah. And they live alone. Duh. Right. And also, yeah. Like, the kids stay at Scott's, and, and Sophia lives at Scott's, but even then, like, I, I, you presume that the kids are sleeping in their own bed. Yeah, they definitely they are. They definitely are. So it's like, Scott's now in this situation with Sophia. That's probably why the relate, part of the relationship works so well is because Scott's like, for the first time in my life, not that it's like 
open season, like, you can have whatever he wants, but it's like, there's not anything, a physical barrier of a child blocking me. Exactly. So they're in this hot tub, and as if Scott couldn't get any more uncomfortable, Courtney addresses the elephant of the room, and she says, quote, you're so negative. Yesterday in the Santa place, it was so magical, and you were looking for a reason to leave. You could have just said, you know what, this just isn't for me. Which... I literally, Scott looked like a deer in fucking headlights. Yeah. He's like, what do you want me to do in this moment to justify it? Right. And the thing with Courtney is her saying that, it's like one of the, okay, you know that meme that's like, name a female's biggest lie, have fun. It's like, they're saying it, but do you believe it? Like Scott, like sure, it's easy for Courtney to say, like you could have just said it's not for you and left, but like, would Courtney actually be down for that? I don't know. It's a catch 22 there for him. Can I tell you something that I felt a little bit uncomfortable by in this scene? (laughs) I felt like, her saying that, Sophia, it was a really awkward moment for Sophia. Yeah, and you could tell Sophia was very uncomfortable. Because by saying that, even though she was only addressing Scott, she was simultaneously addressing Sophia, basically saying, you went along with it. Right. And then it puts in Sophia's head, like, shit, am I doing this wrong? It's a really, like, all three parties there, I have so much respect for, because, like, what a goddamn stressful situation I didn't like that she, but my point is that the one thing that I, listen, I'm not, this is a really fucking hard time. I think they all did excellently. If I'm nitpicking, I will say, I think maybe Courtney shouldn't have said that in front of Sophia. But on the reverse, you could also say, like, if she had to say it in front of Sophia, it was it was great of her to only address it to Scott and not bring Sophia into it at all. Absolutely. But do you think that it should have been a conversation just him? I think it should have been a conversation just him, but I think that it was weighing on Courtney and it was kind of like— you're being negative now, and I just have to, like, nip it in the bud while it's here. It also made for amazing TV. Yeah. So she says to the confessional— ain't stupid. No. She says to the confessional, quote, Scott really wanted to come to Finland, so I don't know why he's having such a negative attitude. I just want everyone to have a great time and a great experience, and he's just putting a dark cloud over it. The thing is that everybody involved wants everybody else to have a good time. Like, that's everybody's objective, and so everybody's hearts are really in the right place, which I think is really nice to see. Also, even in her confessional, she never says a word about Sophia. No, which you know she is hyper-cautious of doing. There's no way. It's really respectable. It's, it really is. Like, I, I just gained such a respect for Courtney in this episode. Like, Sophia, I kind of always had it because I always said, like, listen, she must be good people for not only being able to put up with this situation, but also for the Kardashians, like, really constantly wanting her around and welcoming her into the family. But— to watch Courtney handle this situation in the way she did, which I felt like was constantly, constantly respectful of Sophia, except for maybe in that one moment, which even then she was careful to not bring her name into it or not make it the blame on her. And like, I, I just was like kind of, I was blown away by her. Really, I was. I to- totally agree with you. Um, anyway, so the next scene, we were at Kim's house, and this was just like a wrap-up to the whole JoJo North thing. Basically, it ended up being a major success, and you hear, you know, Kim just talking about how She's so happy that North is happy, whatever. And North is in Kim's heels and her earrings. And it's adorable. She's, like, walking around. And she totally falls, like, fully, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Stumbles? No. Trips? Uh, like, I can't think of it. Wipes out? No. But we'll say wipes out. It'll come back to me. Fully wipes out. And for a second, you're like, oh, shit, is she okay? And North is first instinct. She's like, oh, my God, thank God my heel didn't break. And Kim's like, thank God your ankle didn't break. Like, that is a girl who has been around enough Louboutins to know. She's just her parents' kids. She's not even fully Kanye. She is fully Kanye and fully Kim. It's pretty fucking unbelievable. Jeans are crazy. Jeans are crazy. I told you the last episode. You didn't even believe me. <laughs> okay. It didn't take long. We are back in Finland. This is a fucking amazing scene. So I've never been so happy to see snow in my life. In my life, Julie. 
Really, I mean, it made me miss Syracuse. Truly, that's how happy I was. <laughs> it was okay. So Scott is FaceTiming Kim, and she he's saying to her, "quote You probably made the right decision not coming. It's kind of weird, you know. I'm trying to pay attention to everybody without neglecting anybody." And Sophia mentioned to me that I'm acting slow down. I'm oh, sorry. And Sophia mentioned to me that I'm acting a little differently around Courtney. And you know, it's tough because sometimes, like Courtney and I have so much history and have known each other for so long. So I've just been trying to be kind of mindful and not make Sophia uncomfortable just because Courtney and I have known each other our whole lives. And now it's coming off like I'm kind of being rude to Courtney and it puts so much stress on me and it just turns into me not being happy. And I'm not even fun to be around for anybody. And I think this trip out of the other trips we've been on has been a little more pressure because there are camera crews everywhere. Great job transcribing that. Yeah, that was a hard one. Yeah. Thank you. And Kim is saying to Scott that like, she's like, listen, Sophia seems pretty cool with everything so that if she's speaking up about something that bothers her, like you really need to pay attention because Clearly, she wouldn't say something if it wasn't an actual thing. And I think Courtney has to respect that. Which is what I was saying earlier when I was like, I don't know if Kim in that situation would have been so empathetic as Chloe was towards Sophia when they were in the car. But now that it's Kim talking to Scott one-on-one, she's able to be like, she's able to see the Sophia side of it and not just the Courtney side For of sure. it. Which is interesting. And then Kim says, quote, just try to throw in every once in a while. Oh, so remember when we saw that movie? Oh my God, don't you love Milk Dods or whatever? Just try not to mix up the two. What if you were like, so remember that time you loved Milk Dods and your popcorn? And she was like, uh, that was Courtney, not me. Fucking hilarious. So funny. Also, the fact that Milk Duds was her first inclination is hilarious. I don't know why. Yeah, because obviously M&M's and popcorn. Like out of all things. Wasn't that funny though? Milk Duds are gross. Julie writes, I'd be remiss to not point out the decision to FaceTime Kim and not Chloe. Yeah. Although we can think that maybe he FaceTimed Chloe and she didn't answer. I don't know, but— Or it could have been a production decision because we already see Chloe's take on it when she's in the car with Courtney. So maybe ah, this was them trying to bring in Kim into the narrative. Very possible. I have to say that I think that this scene between Kim and Scott really points out how, like, on an even, evil, even playing field, they see Scott and Courtney in terms of, like, the sibling relationship. Oh, there's no loyalty. Because, like, there, it's not even like there's no loyalty. It's just, like, Scott is so on the same level as Courtney that he's able to—that Kim is able to give him advice, thinking solely of what's best for him and not even including Courtney in the situation. Oh, for sure. They are—I don't mean no loyalty in a bad way. I mean, like, he's a brother. Yeah. There's no difference between him and Rob, and if anything, I think he's probably more of a brother right yeah. now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's really—that it's was like— When I say more of a brother, I mean he's more involved in the narrative. Yeah. So then, so Scott go, you know, Courtney's downstairs with the kids and Scott goes in and he says, this is your dream vacation and I want to be here for you. It's just hard because I'm trying to make everyone happy and everyone has different things. I want you to be comfortable. I want Sophia to be comfortable. She's always like, you know, you guys just have your ways and you know, it's hard. She just feels like she doesn't fit into everything sometimes. And I haven't even had a second by myself to have a conversation to make her feel comfortable. She's never been in this life that we've been doing for 10 years and it's all on me every day. So I'm trying to juggle and, be on, and being on camera is just a lot for her. And Courtney says back to him, I told you before we left, I was happy to call her. And Scott says, no, it's not even about that. You're not doing anything. And Courtney says, listen, I know I'm not doing anything except for trying to make everyone comfortable. I'm saying that I could have probably made her more comfortable about the filming stuff, which I said, did you want me to call her before? And you said, no. And Scott says, I'm sorry, because I know you had really big expectations for the trip and I want everyone to be happy. And Courtney says, I think you put so much pressure on things to make it perfect. I do that too. And I've been not really doing that so much anymore. And you just think, oh, it's one more experience we have that we didn't have before. I don't even mind if you go off and do your thing or whatever you want to do. I just feel like if you're in it, then let's enjoy it, what's happening, and make the most of it. And I thought 
This was like a real turning point. Like all Scott needed, because at the bottom, at the end of the day, here's the thing, Julie. At the end of the day, yes, it's so true. He wants Courtney to be comfortable. He wants Sophia to be comfortable. He's torn. But bottom line, if he had to choose one, it's Courtney. Like if Courtney's unhappy, he's unhappy. Like I, I genuinely feel that way because if anything, it's like it all would come down to the point if we're speaking in really like simplistic terms that it was his fault that Sophia came along. If everything went to shit, at the end of the day, it would be, quote, his fault that, that right. Sophia came along, which that wasn't the case at all. So to hear Courtney have, her, number one, her unwavering support of them to go off and do their own things, and two, to hear Courtney say, like, just don't take it so seriously. Like, take a deep breath. I think that really carried a lot of weight. The thing you have to remember about Scott is that, again, he spent so much of his relationship with Courtney and growing up trying, like, constantly disappointing everyone, like, constantly having this feeling that no matter what he did, it would just wasn't good enough. And, like, you saw that in so many of the past episodes where he didn't even want to come on the family vacations because he felt like no matter what he did, it wasn't enough. Like, it, it was, and no matter what he did, he was going to disappoint somebody. And I feel like he carries that so much, especially on vacations because they were always a weak point for him. Totally. So I think he carries that so much that in this case, it's not even so much about making Sophia feel comfortable or Courtney feel, it's just about, like, that feeling that he just doesn't want anybody disappointed. Like, he just wants to constantly prove himself now. Oh, no. It's a residual. It's like a residual trauma almost in a way. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, the, it's kind of like how we were saying Vegas is a triggering place for him. Vacations, I think, in some way, while amazing, are simultaneously triggering when there's multiple people involved because he is so used to being the, the burden on a vacation. Also, it's one of those things where no matter how many people are telling you, like, Scott, we've seen your growth. We know how amazing you are now. We know what the kind, like he will always carry that with him. It doesn't matter what, this is just his own feelings of self. And it's not even like in terms of relationships, it's just like this overall feeling of not wanting to disappoint anybody. I also think, totally. I also think we didn't even talk about this, that when the fact that Courtney like offered to him, I guess ahead of time to call Sophia, that it's interesting that Scott said no. Well, I think, um, I think Scott wanted to have this mentality of like, I, I can handle this. Like, I don't I don't need you to step in. Like, this is my relationship and I can handle this. And also didn't want to burden Courtney. Right, and also didn't want to burden Courtney and also didn't want to make Sophia uncomfortable by Courtney. Like, there's a lot here. And you know what's going to be interesting, I think, is in a couple of years, if Scott and Sophia are still together, the way that this relationship progresses because quite frankly, the way they are now, even in the beginning of a relationship, two years in, a couple of months into really being like co-parenting with Sophia in the picture, like it's going to be interesting to see Courtney and Sophia's relationship if they're, if Scott and Sophia are still together years down the road. You could see a Dakota, Gwyneth Paltrow situation where it's so, where Courtney and Sophia are wishing each other a happy birthday or where they're hanging out without Scott. Yeah, but do you know what else is going to be really interesting that's going to change the whole narrative if Courtney, if and when Courtney has a, a serious boyfriend. That's going to change things. I'm telling you. Right. No, totally. And whether or not Scott and Sophia have kids. And whether or not Scott and Sophia, Scott is okay with that. There like, are so many variables. I know this is such a stupid thing. And one could say he's literally in a full-blown relationship with Sophia Richie. But like, do you think Scott could handle another guy? Like, think about, let's say we're two years down the line. Corny has a serious boyfriend, same way Scott and Sophia. Let's say Eunice. Actually, Eunice is a good example because he's a younger, like he's a younger guy, super hot, just like Sophia's super hot. And they're dating. Do you think Scott would be okay coming on vacation, the four of them? I think it was the four of them, yes. I think if Scott was the one out, no. See, those are things that are really, to me, like fascinating to think about. That's why the show can never end. I can never imagine, like, 
coming up with these scenarios and not imagining myself getting an answer somewhere down the road. I know. Like, I could not imagine being like hypothetically three years from now and not knowing three years from now that I'll have an answer. No, that's why I they could not imagine. They fucking hooked us. They really hooked us. And I'm like, I have zero shame in it. They could never take it away. We get so many messages, so many messages, emails, voicemails from people being like, I have been so ashamed of my fascination with the Kardashians. And like, you guys make me feel like it's okay. It It's totally okay. It's like a very... To me, it's like a very normal kind of vice and like coping mechanism to deal with the, the rest of the world. And, and honestly, what's the difference between watching this versus watching like Game of Thrones? That's what I was going to say. It's the same thing. Why can you be attached to a Grey's Anatomy character for 17 seasons, but people think it's weird when you're attached to the plot lines and keeping up with the crashing? It's the same thing. They're just real people and real plot lines. Exactly. It's and It almost it, makes more sense to be attached to those than a fictional plot line. Exactly. Like I just— we're all, whatever they've done, they've done an excellent job at getting us so unbelievably hooked they in. They have given us the feeling of watching a TV show with that amount of drama and that amount of relatability to characters and attachment to characters while still being a reality show. Most reality shows don't work because you don't feel that attachment. You don't resonate with the plot lines. And the reason that regular TV shows do is because they make the characters so that you find one that you connect to no matter what. And the fact of the matter is with this family, they're the just amount of together to make you connect with them, but just amount of chaotic to make you be like, holy fuck, this is the best thing I've ever watched. And a lot of the chaos doesn't come internally. Like a lot of the chaos is brought on by other factors that aren't solely in the family. Do you know what I mean? Like Jordan, for example, like people that aren't their blood that bring it, like even if you're thinking about, you know, like the Kanye Taylor thing, not, not not bringing that up, but I'm just saying like other external feuds that we then get to see go down. And other external celebrities that weren't part of the family now becoming part of the family. It's like the, the Kardashians are honestly becoming like the nucleus of Hollywood where it's like every single one of them, there's like, they are the center of it. And now everyone's kind of attaching themselves. I know. And people are so, the people that really hate them are so holding on to the idea that they're like, quote, trash. And they're it's being like taken from them day by day because they're realizing like even the greats and the the greats of the greats, a lot of them are recognizing whether or not you initially liked them, their place in Hollywood now and how significant it is. I don't know how you can have Anna Wintour allow Kim and Kanye to be on the cover of Vogue and Kim to have her own cover of Vogue and you still think that they're trash. You know what I mean? Like if Anna Wintour has decided they're not trash, all of your opinions should should be gone. No. Because they're not warranted anymore. No, it's 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 one thing to not like them. Like, that's fine. No one's saying But to, to not have any respect for the business sense is, like, to me, just un- unintelligent, honestly. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Anyway. I feel very strongly about that, So obviously. that scene ends by Scott saying to Sophia, Scott saying to Courtney, listen, you got a good attitude. I just got to follow your lead. And I think he could really, like, breathe a sigh of relief, kind of, that all was handled. I'm mentioning this for two seconds because then we're going to get back. But basically— we're back at Chloe's rental. They're recapping Vegas. Malika's apologizing for being a drunk mess. Chloe's explaining that she didn't want to drink because of Palm Springs. We got it. Fine. True was cute. Very cute True, there. True's always cute. Yeah. Okay. Last scene, bringing it home. Scene 18, we're in Finland. And Scott is saying, you know, he feels very justified after his conversation with Courtney in doing these solo activities with Sophia because he doesn't feel guilty for it. Right. And they're, they're snowmobiling and like, it was really cute, and, and Courtney's going tubing with the kids, and it was a really nice, like, I was— Coming so, together moment. Yeah, and I was so much happier 
that this is the way that, that it ended versus like some drama. Like I so badly want them all to get along. Like I don't yeah. want them to fight. Like I was so happy to see the togetherness and well, the camaraderie. It's so much easier when everyone gets along. Not, it's just it's just a better environment. It's more enjoyable. And like that's the thing about the fights is that they create a plot line. And usually in a show when you're watching like drama go down, you're like, oh, fuck yes. With this, it's like, I always say this about them. Like, I love the drama when it includes outside factors, but when it's them, I'm like, I, I don't, I just want to see you guys get along again. It's so, so, so true. I don't enjoy them fighting. I really no, don't. No, I don't either. So Scott is in his confessional and he says, at the end of the day, it was honestly just me and some of, some of, and maybe some of my insecurities. I think one of the reasons I put so much pressure on myself is that I want these trips to be so perfect and I don't want anything to happen where people can say, this is why I don't like for us all to travel, for, all, for us all to, to travel together. For me, it's one of the best things I have in my life. This was the aha moment. This is when I, we looked at each other and I was there like, yeah. yes. Basically what he's saying, guys, is like, this is the dream to him. Like to be able to go on a vacation with all of his kids, with the mother of his children. So he's giving his kids that together experience. And also not just the mother of his children, someone who he genuinely loves and care for is and one of his best friends, Courtney, simultaneously getting to experience these things with Sophia, who is his partner in life right now and having them all get along. He's like, what could be better than that? That's what I said to you. I was like, it's like me going to Palm Springs with you and my dad together and having it be the best thing ever. It's like right. my two favorite people all at once getting along. This is the best thing ever. Right. Like that, and that is why he was so tense the whole time. When we finally saw it. He's like, I don't want this them to be able to look back at this trip and be like, see, this is why we can't travel together. And then he gets it taken or away. Or for anybody else to look at them and be like, this is why you guys can't do this. Exactly. It was It was like that. It was one of those things where honestly, when he said it, I was like, I can't believe I didn't have that thought throughout the whole episode. I felt so fucking stupid. You know what it was? I felt like I wanted to say it, but I couldn't find the words. And then he said it. And I was like, yes, exactly. that's what I was feeling. That's Ex what I was thinking. Exactly. And then it ends with them seeing the Northern Lights, which are so unbelievably gorgeous. We got to do that. Well, I'm going. I'm seeing them in Iceland. Well, don't get your hopes up. They said most likely. Don't get your hopes up. I know. Though. I don't yeah, want I you to be disappointed. I know. But it really was beautiful. Arlene, you heard that? Together. <laughs> um, anyway, that was it. That, that was how it ended. It was a, It was such a good episode. Like, Isabel just walked in um, before, and she was like, this is, Emma, this is literally what you said you wanted. Like, all I said I wanted was just Sophia and Scott interacting, and then we got it. I just want more of Sophia. I really, I mean, first of all, like, when, when I see Sophia, I'm like, you are breathtaking. Like, not that I don't feel that way about, like, seeing Kim, but it's just something different about, like, a new figure coming in that's just, like— when I when she was standing there, I'll tell you what moment I had. When she was standing there in that long trench coat when she was with Courtney when they were roasting marshmallows, I was like, you are beautiful. I think what's different about her is that she's so effortless. Yeah. Whereas Kim, even like even no makeup, I never think of Kim as effortless. Like I think she's always so I'm not comparing the two. They're they're gorgeous women, but I'm saying I think I guess I think of Kim as like so done up, not in a bad way. And with Sophia, there was there's something about like her effortlessness that is just so appealing. Well, that's the thing about Sophia that I feel is that it's not even, like, obviously, yes, she's beautiful from a looks perspective, but when you look at her, it's like you have it together. Like, you look so gorgeous and put together and on point and securing yourself and, like, mature. It's just, like, it's just, like, unbelievable watching her. I really, I've, I really have an attachment to her. No, I totally have a whole, not, I don't want to say a whole new love or respect, respect. I never had a, I never had disrespect, but, like, I, I've really enjoyed getting to know her the little that we have. 
you know? Yeah, and it must be like really, you know, because I was thinking throughout this episode and then we can uh, wrap this up. But I was thinking like, what does Sophia logically get by putting herself in this situation? And I was thinking like, it must be a you know, really amazing feeling for her to feel validated by the kids and by Courtney and being able to be like, I think it validates her relationship with Scott so much where she probably gets so much hate from the outside being like, you're 21, he's supposed to be with her, he's supposed to be with Courtney. Like she probably hears that constantly. Then to be invited on this trip and be able to really get along with them and, and have Courtney really embrace her and the kids be happy to be with her and going tubing with her. And like, it must be such a validating experience that like it's it makes the awkwardness of it worth it. Like it, it it's like you can put that aside to be able to like have such an amazing experience and feel so welcomed into the family. A thousand percent. And then on top of it, let's add the external validation of like the world. Like us sitting here talking about it. Me as, you know, the biggest Courtney Scott quote stand there is like being like, wow, Sophia really did it. Like having such a amount of you respect for her. You have to be her. a really special person to come into that situation and have other people like you. I'm not talking about Courtney, but as fans who have grown a real attachment to Scott and Sophia, even despite every, I mean, Scott and Courtney, even despite everything they've been through and everything we've watched of their relationship and how like, crazy it was at times and how many times you were like, they should break up, they should break up. No, they should get back together. And then like have this mentality where you're like, Scott, so Scott and Courtney are meant to be, meant to be, meant to be. Then to have Sophia come in and be like, you know what? She kind of fits. Even to have it like for the most hardcore fans to have that kind of like little break, it really says a lot about her. It does. And it's validation on a massive scale is what I'm saying. Like to be able to come in and somehow project yourself in a way that people are like, thinking positively of you when you have every, she has all the cards stacked against her to be thought of as the villain. Right. She, she so easily could. Like no one went in, none of us, no matter how much we like Sophia now, even me, who's like the biggest Sophia fan, none of us went into this relationship thinking that you were going to become, like you didn't go in with high expectations. You came in with very low ones and thinking that they didn't belong together and then were pleasantly surprised. She never had the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. That's what it is. And that's hard. That's, that's a really, really hard situation to put in. I respect her for not only being able to change our minds, but for being able to put up with that in the first place. I respect them all. I, I respect. Well, the theme of all, this episode is respect. It is truly, and I and and Scott's ability to kind of bring us all together at the end and, and explain what was going on, which is so true. His idea of future, he so badly didn't want his behavior to affect the possibility of a future trip, and that really just is all I needed to know. The growth of Scott is probably one of the most remarkable things I've ever we'll seen. Do, one day we're going to do like a fucking TED Talk on it, I swear to God. Also, another thing that I want to do, you know how we talk about like college stuff all the time, like going to yeah. colleges and class, whatever. Like I really, like something on my bucket list, I, I, I know this may sound crazy, is like to teach a Kardashian-based class about like the psychology of social media and celebrity and like uh, – the public's attachment to figures in a way that makes them feel connected. Like, I, there's so much you there. Know I thought you were going to say, I so agree with you, and I've always thought that, and I always thought that, like, it could be both a psychological class and a business class. And the fact that every college doesn't have a Kardashian-based business class is literally, it's an injustice to your students. But I also thought you were going to say that, like, I would want to give a talk on Scott and being like, you can change. Yeah. Anything you don't like about yourself can change, and don't say people can't change. Oh, my God, for sure. And uh, they're so—Julie— I could tell, you know, but I have to say, when I was a senior at Syracuse giving my fucking final presentation for my public speaking class on the Kardashian empire, I did not think that I would be sitting here with you having a podcast talking about it. And like, thank God we do. Thank God. I don't know what I would do without the space every week because I needed to talk about this episode. It's like, it's yeah. therapy. It's therapy. 
Is this what therapy's like? Yes. See, you should try it. It's nice. (laughs) But they'll let me talk about just the Kardashians? Yes, absolutely. Um, Okay, guys, we will see you tomorrow for our regular episode, which is so unbelievably fucking stacked. We're about to get into Kylie and Travis, Miley, what else? Bieber's wedding. Bieber's wedding. I mean, there's a million things. I'm so, so, so excited. Um, And we'll see you next week, obviously, which I fucking can't wait. What what was the preview that we saw for— Oh, my God, the Met Gala. The Met Gala. Oh my God. Oh God there's yes. there's just a lot going on there. Um, okay, there's I feel like there was something else that I wanted to say and I'm forgetting it, but I guess it'll come back to me. I don't know. Anyway, if you are one of those people like us that loves watching this and that finally feels validated for your for your kind of fascination with them, please feel free to leave five stars and a nice review. <laughs> I thought that was like that's what you were gonna say. All right. Love you guys. Love you, love guys. you M. 